0: Chapter eight of Far From The Madding Crowd. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Tyge Hines. Far From The Madding Crowd by Thomas Hardy. Chapter eight. The Malt House. The Chat. News. Warren's malt-house was enclosed by an old wall enwrapped with ivy, and, though not much of the exterior was visible at this hour, the character and purposes of the building were clearly enough shown by its outline upon the sky. From the walls an overhanging thatched roof sloped up to a point in the centre, upon which rose a small wooden lantern, fitted with louver-boards on all the four sides, and from these openings a mist was dimly perceived to be escaping into the night air. There was no window in front, but a square hole in the door was glazed with a single pane, through which red comfortable rays now stretched out upon the ivied wall in front. Voices were to be heard inside. Oak's hand skimmed the surface of the door, with fingers extended to an elements the sorcerer pattern, till he found a leathern strap which he pulled. This lifted the wooden latch, and the door swung open. The room inside was lighted only by the ruddy glow from the kiln-mouth which shone over the floor with the streaming horizontality of the setting sun, and threw upwards the shadows of all facial irregularities in those assembled around. The stone-flagged floor was worn into a path from the doorway to the kiln, and into undulations everywhere. A curved settle of unplaned oak stretched along one side, and in a remote corner was a small bed and bedstead the owner and frequent occupier of which was the mallster. This aged man was now sitting opposite the fire, his frosty white hair and beard overgrowing his gnarled figure like the grey moss and lichen upon a leafless apple-tree. He wore breeches and the laced-up shoes called ankle-jacks. He kept his eyes fixed upon the fire. Gabriel's nose was greeted by an atmosphere laden with the sweet smell of new malt. The conversation, which seemed to have been concerning the origin of the fire, immediately ceased, and every one ocularly criticised him to the degree expressed by contracting the flesh of their foreheads and looking at him with narrowed eyelids, as if he had been a light too strong for their sight. Several exclaimed meditatively, after this operation had been completed, "'Ah, tis a new shepherd, I believe. We thought we heard a hand pawing about the door for the bobbin, but weren't sure t'were not a dead leaf blowed across said another come in shepherd sure ye be welcome though we don't know your name gabriel oak that's my name neighbours the ancient monster sitting in the midst turned at this his turning being as the turning of a rusty crane that's never gabriel oak's grandson over at Norcombe, never he said as a formula expressive of surprise which nobody was supposed for a moment to take literally my father and my grandfather were old men of the name of gabriel "'said the shepherd, placidly. "'Thought I know the man's face, as I seed him on the rick. "'Thought he did. "'And where be ye trade not to now, shepherd?' "'I'm thinking of boy near," said Mr. Oak. "'Knowed your grandfather for years and years,' "'continued the Malster, the words coming forth of their own accord, "'as if the momentum previously imparted had been sufficient. "'Ah, and, and did you?' "'Knowed your grandmother.' "'And her, too?' likewise knowed your father when he was a child why my boy jacob there and your father were sworn brothers that they were sure weren't ye, jacob ah sure said his son a young man about sixty-five with a semi-bald head and one tooth in the left centre of his upper jaw which made much of itself by standing prominent like a milestone in a bank but twas jaw had most to do with him however my son william must have knowed the very man afore us didn't ye, billy afore you left norcombe no twas andrew said jacob's son billy a child of forty or thereabouts who manifested the peculiarity of possessing a cheerful soul in a gloomy body and whose whiskers were assuming a chinchilla shade here and there now "You can mind andrew said oak as being a man in the place when i was quite a child Ah. "'And the other day I and my youngest daughter, Liddy, were over at my grandson's christening. continued Billy. "'We were talking about this very family, and t'was only last purification day in this very world, when the use-money is away to the second-best poor folk, you know, Shepherd. "'And I can mind a day, because they all had to traipse up to the vestry. "'Yeah, this very man's family.' "'Come, Shepherd, and drink. "'Tis gape and swallow with us. "'A drop o' summer, but not of much account.' said the maltster, removing from the fire his eyes, which were vermilion-red and bleared by gazing into it for so many years. "'Take up the God-forgive-me, Jacob, and see if tis warm, Jacob.' Jacob stooped to the God-forgive-me, which was a two-handled tall mug standing in the ashes, cracked and charred with heat. It was rather furred with extraneous matter about the outside, especially in the crevices of the handles the innermost curves of which may not have seen daylight for several years by reason of this encrustation thereon formed of ashes accidentally wetted with cider and baked hard but to the mind of any sensible drinker the cup was no worse for that being incontestably clean on the inside and about the rim it may be observed that such a class of mug is called a God-forgive-me in Wetherbury and its vicinity for uncertain reasons, and probably because its size makes any given toper feel ashamed of himself when he sees its bottom in drinking it empty. Jacob, on receiving the order to see if the liquor was warm enough, placidly dipped his forefinger into it by way of thermometer and, having pronounced it nearly of the proper degree, raised the cup and very civilly attempted to dust some of the ashes from the bottom with the skirt of his smock-frock, because Shepherd Oak was a stranger. "'A clean cup for the shepherd,' said the master commandingly. "'No, not at all,' said Gabriel, in a reproving tone of considerateness. "'I never fuss about dirt in its pure state, and when I know what sort it is—' Taking the mug, he drank an inch or more from the depths of its contents, and duly passed it to the next man. "'Ah! I wouldn't think of giving such trouble to neighbours and washing up when there's so much work to be done in the world already,' continued Oak, in a moister tone, after recovering from the stoppage of breath, which is occasioned by pulls at large mugs. "'A very sensible man,' said Jacob. "'True, true, it can't be gainsaid.' observed a brisk young man mark clark by name a genial and pleasant gentleman whom to meet anywhere in your travels was to know to know was to drink with and to drink with was unfortunately to pay for and here's a mouthful of bread and bacon that missus have sent shepherd the cider'll go down better wi a bit of victuals don't you chalk quite close shepherd for i let the bacon fall in the road outside as i was bringing it along and it may be tis rather gritty "'There, tis plain dirt, and we all know what that is, as you say, and you baint a particular man we see, Shepherd. "'True, true, not at all,' said the friendly oak. "'Don't let your teeth quite meet, and you won't feel the sandiness at all. <laughs> "'Tis wonderful what can be done by contrivance.' "'My own mind exactly, neighbour. "'Ah, he's his grandfather's own grandson. His grandfather were just such a nice unparticular man,' said the malster." drink henry frey drink magnanimously said jan coggan a person who held st simonian notions of share and share alike where liquor was concerned as the vessel showed signs of approaching him in its gradual revolution among them Having at this moment reached the end of a wistful gaze into mid-air, Henry did not refuse. He was a man of more than middle age, with eyebrows high up in his forehead, who laid it down that the law of the world was bad, with a long-suffering look through his listeners at the world alluded to, as it presented itself to his imagination. He always signed his name, Henry strenuously insisting upon that spelling, and if any passing schoolmaster ventured to remark that the second E was superfluous and old-fashioned, he received the reply that H-E-N-E-R-Y was the name he was christened, and the name he would stick to, in the tone of one to whom orthographical differences were matters which had a great deal to do with personal character. Mr. Jan Coggan, who had passed the cup to Henry, was a crimson man with a spacious countenance and private glimmer in his eye, whose name had appeared on the marriage register of Weatherbury and the neighbouring parishes as best man and chief witness in countless unions of the previous twenty years. He also very frequently filled the post of head godfather in baptisms of the subtly jovial kind. Come, Mark Clark, come. There's plenty more in the barrel," said Jan. "Ah, that I will. Tis my only doctor." replied mr clark who twenty years younger than jan Coggan revolved in the same orbit he secreted mirth on all occasions for special discharge at popular parties why joseph poorgrass ye hadn't had a drop said mr Coggan to a self-conscious man in the background thrusting the cup towards him such a modest man as he is said jacob smallbury why ye've hardly had strength of eye enough to look in our young missus's face so i hear joseph all looked at Joseph Poorgrass with pitying reproach. No, I've hardly looked at her at all," simpered Joseph, reducing his body smaller whilst talking, apparently from a meek sense of undue prominence. And when I see her, twas nothing but blushes with me. Poor feller," said Mr. Clark. "Tis a curious nature for a man," said Jan Coggin. "Yes," continued Joseph Poorgrass, his shyness which was so painful as a defect filling him with a mild complacency now that it was regarded as an interesting study to blush 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 would be every minute of the time when she was speaking to me i believe you joseph poor grass for we all know you to be a very bashful man tis a awkward gift for a man poor soul said the Malster. and how long have you suffered from it joseph ah oh, ever since i was a boy yes mother was concerned to her heart about it yes but twas all naught. "'Did you ever go into the world and try to stop it, Joseph Poorgrass?' "'I tried all sorts of company. "'They took me to Green Hill Fair, and into a great gay Jerry-go-nimble show, "'where there were women folk riding around, standing upon horses, "'with hardly anything on but their smocks, but they didn't cure me a morsel. "'And then I was put errand-man at the woman's skittle alley "'at the back of the tailor's arms in Carterbridge. 'Twas "'It was a horrible, sinful situation, and a very curious place for a good man.' i had to stand and look bawdy people in the face from morning till night but twas no use i was just as bad as ever after all blushes have been in the family for generations there tis a happy providence that i be no worse true said jacob smallbury deepening his thoughts to a profounder view of the subject tis a thought to look at that ye might have been worse but even as ye be tis a very bad affliction for ye, joseph "'For you see, Shepherd, though tis very well for a woman. "'Dang it all, tis awkward for a man like him, poor fellow.' "'Yeah, tis, tis,' said Gabriel, recovering from a meditation. "'Yes, yeah, very awkward for the man.' Ay, and he's very timid, too,' observed Jan Coggan. "'Once he had been working late at Yalbury Bottom, "'and had had a drop of drink and lost his way "'as he was coming home along through Yalbury Wood, "'didn't he, Master, poor grass?' "'No, no, no, not that story.' expostulated the modest man forcing a laugh to bury his concern and so a lost himself quite continued mr coggan with an impassive face implying that a true narrative like time and tide must run its course and would respect no man and as he was coming along in the middle of the night much afeard and not able to find his way out of the trees nohow a cried out man a lost man a lost a owl in a tree happened to be crying "'Hoo, hoo, hoo, as owls do, you know, Shepherd. Gabriel nodded. And Joseph, all in a tremble, said, "'Joseph, poor grass of Weatherbury, sir!' "'No, no, now that's too much,' said the timid man, becoming a man of brazen courage all of a sudden. "'I didn't say, sir. I'll take my oath I didn't say, Joseph, poor grass of Weatherbury, sir. No, no, what's right is right, and I never said, sir, to the bird knowing very well that no man of a gentleman's rank would be hollering there at that time of night joseph poorgrass of weatherby that's every word i said and i shouldn't have said that if i hadn't been for keeper days in Methiglin. there twas a merciful thing it ended where it did the question of which was right being tacitly waved by the company jan went on meditatively and he's a fearfullest man ain't you joseph Aye. "'Another time you were lost by down Gate, weren't you, Joseph?' "Ah, "'I was,' replied poor Grass, as if there were some conditions too serious even for modesty to remember itself under, this being one. "'Yes, that were in the middle of the night, too. The gate would not open, try how he would, and knowing there was the devil's hand in it, he kneeled down.' "'Ah!' said Joseph, acquiring confidence from the warmth of the fire decider and a perception of the narrative capabilities of the experience alluded to. My heart died within me that time, but I kneeled down and said the Lord's Prayer, and then the belief right through, and then the Ten Commandments in earnest prayer, but no, the gate wouldn't open, and then I went on with dearly beloved brethren, and thinks I, this makes four, and tis all I know out with the book, and if this don't do it nothing will, and I'm a lost man. Well, when I got to saying after me, I rose from my knees and found that the gate would open. Yes, neighbours, the gate opened the same as ever." A meditation on the obvious inference was indulged in by all, and during its continuance each directed his vision into the ash pit, which glowed like a desert in the tropics under a vertical sun, shaping their eyes long and liney partly because of the light, partly from the depth of the subject discussed. Gabriel broke the silence. What sort of place is this to live at, uh, and what sort of misses is she to work under? Gabriel's bosom thrilled gently as he thus slipped under the notice of the assembly, the innermost subject of his heart. We I mean, know little lover nothing. She only showed herself a few days ago. Her uncle was took bad, and the doctor was called with his world-wide skill, but he couldn't save the man. And as I take it, she's going to keep on the farm. That's about to shape of it, I believe. "'said John Coggan. "'Ah, tis a very good family. "'I'd as soon be under em as under one ear in there. "'Her uncle was a very fair sort of man. "'Did you know him, Shepherd? a bachelor man?' "'Not at all. "'I used to go to his house, a courting my first wife, Charlotte, "'who was his dairy-maid. "'Well, a very good-hearted man were Farmer Everdeen, "'and I, being a respectable young fellow, "'was allowed to call and see her, "'and drink as much ale as I liked, "'but not to carry away any.' Yeah, outside of my skin i mean of course ah ah jan cogan we know your meaning and you see twas beautiful ale and i wished to value his kindness as much as i could and not to be so ill-mannered as to drink only a thimbleful which would have been insulting to the man's generosity true master cogan twould so corroborated mark clark and so i used to eat a lot of salt fish afore going and then by the time i got there i were as dry as a lime basket so thoroughly dry that that ale would slip down ah <laughs> twould slip down sweet happy times heavenly times such lovely drunks as i used to have at that house you can mind jacob you used to go with me sometimes i can i can said jacob that one too that we had at the Buck's head on a white monday was a pretty tipple "'Twas, but for a wet of the better class, that brought you no nearer to the harmed man than you were before you begun, there was none like those in Farmer Everdeen's kitchen. Not a single dam allowed, no, not a bare poor one, even at the most cheerful moment when all were blindest, though the good old word of sin thrown in here and there at such times is a great relief to a merry soul.' "'True,' said the mallster. Nature requires her swearing at regular times or she's not herself, and unholy exclamations is a necessity of life. But Charlotte, continued Coggin, not a word of the sort would Charlotte allow, nor the smallest item of taken in vain. Ah, poor Charlotte. I wonder if she'd had the good fortune to get into heaven when I died, but I never was much in Luck's way, and perhaps I went downwards after all, poor soul. Then did any of you know Miss Everdeen's father and mother? inquired the shepherd, who found some difficulty in keeping the conversation in the desired channel. "'I knew em a little,' said Jacob Smallbury. "'But they were townsfolk and didn't live here. "'They'd been dead for years. "'Father, what sort of people were Mrs.'s father and mother?' "'Well,' said the mallster, "'he wasn't much to look at, but she was a lovely woman. "'He was fond enough of her as a sweetheart. He used to kiss her scores and long unders at times, so twas said.' observed Coggin. He was very proud of her, too, when they were married, as I have been told," said the Malster. Ay, "'Ah,' said Coggin, he admired her so much that he used to light the candle three times a night to look at her." "'Boundless love! I shouldn't have supposed it in the universe,' murmured Joseph Poorgrass, who habitually spoke on a large scale in his moral reflections." "'Well, to be sure,' said Gabriel. "'Ah, tis true enough. "'I know the man and woman both well. "'Levi everdeen that was the man's name, sure.' "'Man,' sayeth I in my hurry, "'but he were of a higher circle of life than that. "'It was a gentleman tailor, really, worth scores of pounds, "'and he became a very celebrated bankrupt two or three times.' "'Oh, I thought he was quite a common man,' said Joseph. "'Oh, no, no, that man failed for heaps of money, hundreds in gold and silver.'